What was the movie with Steve Martin when like the phone books arrive? It's like the new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. Is that the jerk? Maybe I don't remember. But that's how I am when the college football playoff ranking show comes out. The new rankings are here. The new rankings are here. And Tennessee, as we talked about yesterday, Julio, got that number one spot ahead of Georgia. Georgia's actually number one in the AP poll this week, but they're actually third in the initial college football playoff ranking. Wait, so who's number two? That would be Ohio State, sandwiched between those SEC teams that are going to be playing on Saturday, both Tennessee and Georgia. A couple things to keep in mind when we talk about the college football playoff. These rankings will absolutely change. That's the point. See, a lot of time and energy is wasted on how how can TCU be right? How can Michigan or Georgia? Like, they're third? Well, if Georgia beats Tennessee, guess who's going to be number one on Tuesday next week? Probably going to be Georgia, right? That's, that's what I would think. And never take the college football playoff committee literally, okay? You got to look at the cut. The, to make this make sense for you, to, to kind of save yourself some frustration. The way to look at the college football playoff committee is like a writer's room for your favorite wrestling promotion. Are Go you on. <laughs> what was that? Go on. Oh, no. D- Dennis has entered the chat. I, I said the magic word, wrestling. You an AEW person, WWE person, some weird, I don't know, circuit that I've never heard of that you watch on a super secret Twitch stream? I don't know, gouge wrestling in downtown Raleigh, whatever it is, right? But it's a writer's room. That's how you have to look at it. All they're doing is that they're setting up the framework for the story, which will play out in the games. And that framework really shows up where they rank teams 15 through 25. Don't believe me? That's how we get to Clemson at number four. This this is the this is where this is crystallized. Clemson's at four. People are upset about this because our friend Nicole Auerbach will write in the athletic like she did today. If Michigan and Clemson were to play today, Julio, who wins? Or who's favored to win that game? If Michigan and Clemson were to play right now. I would have to look up their power numbers, Joe. Michigan, I'll save you the work. Okay. Michigan would be the one who is favored in this game. As Nicole Auerbach points out, well, FPI has Michigan as a like four and a half or six point favorite or something like that. When you look at those S&P plus rankings, which are essentially glorified Ken Palm numbers for college football, it's like a nine and a half point favorite Michigan. All right. Michigan will be favored metrics like Michigan as opposed to Clemson, who hasn't looked completely outstanding on their way to their record right now. But they have one thing that Michigan doesn't have, and that's quality wins. Syracuse, Wake Forest, NC State. They're 20, 21, and 22, respectively. And who says that Florida State might not make an appearance later on? And then you got North Carolina, who I thought was the most intriguing one. The College Football Playoff Committee has got North Carolina at 17. That's the team that Clemson's going to face in the ACC championship game. And you might not like Clemson in the CFP matchup, but the committee has built the framework to explain their inclusion at this point in time. They beat ranked teams. Ranked teams matter. And if they do get to the, and if they do win the ACC championship, it's going to be over a ranked CFP team in North Carolina. There's a separate conversation about North Carolina. I don't think they're the 17th best team in the country. Whatever. That's what the CFP says because it's the framework for the conversation around Clemson. You sound like a person, when you say that, who's not tried to rank the top 25 teams in the country. 
Okay. Yeah. You, you do. You, you get past. Look where they have LSU. I know. LSU at 10, which is the interesting one. No, what I wanted to see last night was what they were going to do with Alabama. Mm-hmm. And Alabama is behind Michigan. Uh, I, I would argue Alabama should be in front of Michigan in spite of their loss to Tennessee. They don't have them there. So they're setting the framework there for those SEC teams to, to as you put point out, to earn their spots. Yeah. Georgia's the team that is in quote-unquote trouble. Because when you look at this top 25, there's Oregon, and there's no one else. Yeah. And that's how Georgia ended up at number three, while in the human polls, they're number one. Mm-hmm. I know this is also a human poll, but you know the traditional coaches in AP top 25s. But where they put Alabama in front of TCU basically says, look, TCU, you can't jump them. No. There's not, there is not a thing you can do no, no. to jump them because the only other team that will be on that list is Texas, and they have that win over Texas. So, you know, Clemson is in good position, but I wouldn't go celebrating just quite oh, no. yet. Oh, no, I'm not because trying to act like I'm Not you, here. not yeah. you. What I'm saying to you, though, is here the framework has Clemson in front of Alabama, mm-hmm. okay? And it has them in front of Michigan. But well, what can Michigan do, right? They can, they can beat a team in front of them. Right. And Clemson does not have that ability no. in the regular season. And also... As it's fair to point out, 17 Carolina, 20 Syracuse, 21 Wake, 22 State. Mm-hmm. Those are all teams. The The Atlantic side, Clemson's already beaten. Carolina, they have the potential to beat. However, those teams also have the potential to beat themselves. They do. So the one team that wasn't in there, which I find interesting, particularly with LSU at 10. Again, I'm going to harp on this just a little bit. LSU at 10 is the biggest surprise out of all of this. Okay. Because... They're positioning Alabama to make the leap. They're positioning Alabama to be the one that kind of sneaks. And if we get to that last day where there's three SEC teams with one loss, they're positioning Tennessee, by the way, if they lose to Georgia, to be there when we get to that SEC Armageddon. Now, a lot of football between now and then. Of course, of course. But this is positioned to let some of these teams make significant moves if they can take care of business. Clemson needs to figure out a way to hold serve. That's going to be difficult given those other teams could beat them, beat each other and knock themselves out of those rankings. Well, this is why I think North Carolina at 17 is an important spot because North Carolina can continue to move up. They've got a game against Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. All right. And State. And State. Now, I think Wake Forest is going to stay ranked. NC State won't uh, because it's important to note that NC State does not have Devin Lear. I'd be surprised if NC State beats Wake Forest. I would be surprised if NC State beats North Carolina this upcoming season and the rest of the season. So North Carolina has an opportunity to get better because I look at North Carolina at 17, and I think that's generous for the Tar Heels, very generous for the Tar Heels because I'm sorry, as – Great as their season has been, let's understand why their season has been great. They've had some near misses to start the season. They're one play away from losing to App State in a complete disaster of a fourth quarter. But, but they, they won. Didn't. They had a disaster of a third quarter against Georgia State, but they won. Cool. Got it. Duke should have beat them. Duke should have beat them, but they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. But this, then that gets to this. Who's their best win? They got one loss, I get that. They got crushed by Notre Dame, who's not very well liked right now. What's their best win? Is it Duke? 
that's saying something for the 17th best team in the country, apparently. But what I'm trying to say to you is you, you have to compare them to everyone else. I know. You're not comparing them to Tennessee and Ohio State and Georgia and Clemson. You're comparing them to the other options. My point about— Who do you think is better? Seriously, who do you think is better, Penn State or, or Carolina? <laughs> Probably Penn State. Okay. Probably Penn State. And I get what you're saying about I've never ranked teams because you're right. I don't want no, to. I'm not, I'm not trying to be that a work. jerk. I'm what just I, trying to say like you're, you're saying that as is, if there's like this plethora of options. There but, are not. But what I'm getting at is the back to my main point about the framework. And that framework for Carolina at 17 is important for Clemson. Now, you talk about Clemson and what they can and cannot do, right? Well, I don't know. Boo Corrigan, NC State's AD, who's the committee chair. It could be either or. Ranked teams, which is to their benefit, or I test. I always love this part about it, right? So here's Boo Corrigan. Uh, when he was asked about Clemson being ranked fourth and things like that, and ultimately why being beating ranked teams matter. It matters being ranked uh, at all, right? So to, to, a, to a Tulane, uh, to an Illinois that um, I believe haven't been ranked before, mm-hmm. to the top, you know, seven in, in making sure that we're going over everything and make no mistake, there's a lot of good football teams. And there's a lot of good football teams that are separated, but not very much. And our job is to take all the information that we have through week nine and make what we believe is the best decision. So there you go. Being ranked matters. Okay, that matters. But what about eye test? Don't forget about the eye test. Here's Boo Corgan on Ohio State and why they're number two. Um, Ohio State last weekend mm-hmm. um, in a tough battle with Penn State. And then they get two touchdowns in 20 seconds yeah. on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Penn State goes up. Ohio State drives right back down the field, causes a turnover, recovers the fumble, and then goes in to score at that point. And I think that was that was something that was really uh, in the minds of the committee members. So there you go. There's Boo Corrigan, NC State AD, committee chair, who lets you know being beating ranked teams matters, but you can also look good doing it. That's important, too. So Clemson, it's all good. Maybe the numbers don't look for you, look good for you down the line. But if you get style points, the committee's going to like you. Check out the 99.9 The Fan YouTube page. Just look up 99.9 The Fan, and you'll find us there. If you missed a lot of segments from this show, you can, you can watch them. Obviously, we encourage you to check out our podcast. You can find that podcast wherever you get your podcast. But really, what we would love for you to do, too, is check out the YouTube page. So just go and uh, find 99.9 The Fan on YouTube, and you are good to go. Had a fun conversation with John Shire, Duke men's basketball coach, yesterday. And he gave us a really exclusive tour of his office. You called him a serial killer, or you wondered if he was a serial killer. I, I did not call him one. I was curious with that level of attention to detail mm-hmm. in his office if that was in play. All right. Concerned. He said no. It was very clean. He said no. That, that was not the case. He said it was not the case. He was very clear about that. So it's Wednesday. We got a, a week of football in the books. So now it's time to rank stuff. It's our completely original. Nobody's ever done this before. You can't get it anywhere else. OG football power rankings. Hey, he'll remember that number. All right, Jillio, you're number four on the OG football power rankings. Dan Snyder. As much as we can't stand Dan Snyder, and most people with a brain can't stand Dan Snyder, he paid $800 million for the Washington football team in 1999 with today's announcement that he has asked Bank of America's help to sell 
the Washington football team. He stands to sell that franchise for $5 billion. That is if he actually sells it. The Forbes story that initially came out this morning made it seem as though he was preparing to sell the Washington football club or the commanders or whatever the hell you want to call it. And subsequent reporting by the Washington Post and even a statement by the Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder's family said, well, we're just exploring things. It could just be that they're going to sell a minority stake, make some money off that, and then go from there. We'll see. I mean, it could just be Dan Snyder driving up hopes and dreams for people and never actually panning out to anything. Uh, number four on my football power rankings goes to Christian McCaffrey. You know, a lot of people were second-guessing the move by the San Francisco 49ers to give up a two, a three, and a fourth-round pick in next year's draft to get Christian McCaffrey at a running back. But he's much more than a running back. Just because the Panthers didn't know what to do with Christian McCaffrey didn't mean that Kyle Shanahan didn't know what to do with Christian McCaffrey. And now he's the, uh, one of the only running backs to have a thrown touchdown pass, a rushing TD, and a receiving TD in a single game since the 1970 merger. He joins LaDainian Tomlinson and Walter Payton, who did it back in 1979. Number three, Julio. Calvin, <coughs> Calvin Ridley, the suspended Atlanta Falcons receiver, is no longer with the Atlanta Falcons. He was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a pair of conditional draft picks. Irony alert. The Jaguars are the team that Calvin Ridley bet against mm. in his parlay. They got him suspended for the 2022 season. My, my favorite part of the Calvin Ridley trade was the Jaguar social media must have just had something ready to go for a trade, any trade. So it's this Photoshop of a guy hanging out behind a tree and he's doing like the I'm about to get this like hand rub. He was doing the Birdman hand rub, right? Some of you will understand that reference. And. He's got a little Jaguars patch on. He's looking good. And it's like, this, 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 the, the guy who won't even play until you, next year. You got to be ready for that 23 season, Joe. I guess so. You got to prepare. I guess so. Number three on my football power rankings. You can't get these anywhere else. The OG originated the football power rankings. Russell Wilson. I'm starting to think this is chess versus checkers, man. Russell Wilson's playing chess on the social media game. He He's in on it. He understands if he leans into the cringe he gets to be talked about. He can't compete with Aaron Rodgers going on with Pat McAfee. All right? He can't he doesn't want to get divorced from Sierra. So he can't he can't compete with Tom Brady there. So how can I get on the headlines? How can I do this? I know what I'll do. I will be a complete joke of a person on social media to get dunked on and then people will talk about me. You know what? I see you, Russ. I see the game. I peep it. All right, number 2 on your football I power rankings. Damn it is. See? Let's ride. What's number two on your power rankings? I've got Chase Claypool because he has been traded from the Steelers' terrible offense to the Bears' terrible offense. But at least Matt Canada, Matt Canada won't be calling his plays anymore. That's true. That is true. You see where Ben Roethlisberger was on a podcast calling out the play calling? Matt, uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger has been watching Pack Therapy because he might be. <laughs> he might be. He was exactly mentioning what I was saying. Yikes. Number two of my football power rankings. OG's completely original, can't get this, never duplicated power rankings. Colts owner Dan, uh, Jim Jim Irsay. You know, oh, hmm. you know, ownership, leadership is in a weird spot when he's the guy who's the one that's really getting things going for Dan Snyder to potentially sell the team. And I, I don't know, maybe this is another chess versus checkers move. Maybe Roger Goodell went to Jim Irsay and say, do me a solid tank i'll make sure 
that you get the number one pick in the draft again. Make the, I'll, I'll tell the officials to just go all in on this. If you can be the one that lets Dan Snyder know, oh, you got dirt on us? Well, here's the guy who's actually going to lead the charge, who's had his life just on display for a variety of reasons. And number one on your football power rankings, Julio. It's got to be the pride of Garner, Naheem Hines, going to our team, the Bills, the mm. perfect marriage of our favorite NFL player going to our favorite NFL team right before his birthday, too. I, I was going to put the Bills in my number one spot. I mean, I know you just did. You typically do until yeah. until otherwise. Because, honestly, Josh Allen went full 2018, and they still won a game against the Green Bay Packers. But, no, something happened today that elevates the 1991 Detroit Lions to number one on the football power pool. Why, you may ask. Yes. It's because Joe Giglio went undefeated in Tecmo Super Bowl. Having missed Barry Sanders in Tecmo Super Bowl for eight weeks with injury, you still find a way to go undefeated, tape to tape, and beat. Was it the Broncos that you beat in the in the Super, in the Super Bowl? Bowl? Yeah, it was huge in overtime, no less. I know with a field goal. <laughs> I missed the field goal. No, I want to score a touchdown because I missed the field goal at the end That's of the right. regulation. So and the computer called out your play, and you still scored a touchdown. I'm telling you, man, with Barry it was Sanders. a big day, huge, huge day. Look, man, it was an incredible ride, a lot of hard work, a lot of show prep not happening for Gilio so that he could become a Tecmo Super Bowl champion. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations.